This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 325, and tonight, Thanksgiving is almost upon us here in the States, which means it's the start of the holiday season, and there's no place like home for the holidays, except if you're living in a haunted house that's not really haunted. Well, wait a minute. If it's a haunted house that's not haunted, what is it? Honey, it means this house possessed. We're talking about the 1981 made-for-TV shocker, This House Possessed, starring Parker Stevenson and Lisa Eilenbarker. And to help me do that, I'm being joined by world-famous actor and host of the Hot Date podcast, Dan Dominguez. Rao. Now, I realize I recorded this episode way back in October because I am still out in Palm Springs, California right now, but that does not mean the rules of etiquette should not apply today. So, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I have been your personal guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But, 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 you're going to have to see them through my very, gay little eyes. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Listen, I'd love to keep talking to you right now, but these frozen margaritas that the naked pool boys keep bringing me are not going to drink themselves, and neither are the naked pool boys. So, let me play the trailer for This House Possessed. Bring on Dan Dominguez, and let's get down to business. Thursday. They say a man's home is his castle, a place where he can rest and relax. But it's hard to relax in a house that's out to get you. Lock your doors where he continues with This House Possessed. Thursday night on TBS. So kids, I am thrilled to introduce what is not a brand new segment, but it's going to be a new feature over on Patreon. We are adding a brand new show over there called It Came From The 70s, where we're talking about made-for-TV horror movies. And right away, we're breaking the rules, because this one actually did not come from the 70s. But we'll get into that in a minute, because I have to bring on my very special guest. Because if I'm kicking something off, we got to bring on somebody super special. You've met him many, many times before. He's a world-famous actor of both stage and screen, both big and small. You know him, you love him. He's got dipples that kill. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, at my GNCs, wherever you may be, he's delightful, he's delicious, he's Dan Dominguez! Oh, Patrick, this is why I love coming on your show. I always get a great buildup, and none of it is true, but I'll take it. And it's all downhill after that. They're like, so who, this is him? This is who he was singing about? Well, all right. Hi, Dan. Welcome back to the show. He's barely literate. What is what is Patrick talking about? <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. I am so happy to be here, and I'm so happy to be here, especially in the month of October, Halloween month, and to talk about the, well, the thing we're going to talk about. 
Even though this is coming so, out in November, but yes, we are here on oh, Halloween. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. No, it's fine. No, we're 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 still we're still we're still dripping with Halloween pre. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> pre pumpkin, pre pumpkin, pre pumpkin. I'm still trying to just de- still trying to decide right now if I want to wear a costume this year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I realized I have in my wardrobe like random costumes. I have a Revolutionary War costume. What does that look like? I'm like, okay, that looks like Hamilton. What can I do with Hamilton? I'm like, you know, you add. A fruit hat, and I'm going to be Lynn Carmen Miranda. <laughs> I love it, and he would love that, too. He would love that. <laughs> <laughs> he would appreciate that. Okay. Um, so the movie that we're talking about, and I picked this specifically because Dan has brought it up twice on two of his visits on how much he loves this movie. And the movie that we're talking about is the 1981 made-for-TV shocker. This house possessed. Yes, I I bring this TV movie up all the time because shocker, this is my favorite TV movie. Well, horror TV movie of all time. I just I love this movie. I've always loved this movie. As a kid, I recognized the beauty in the film, <laughs> and so um, yeah, the, yeah. I, I I have to I have to own up to the fact that I'm a this house possessed fanatic. It's got everything. It's got music. It's got dancing. <laughs> it's got pill popping. It's got tacky hookers. It's got blood showers. It's got. <laughs> it's got a, a, an ex Hardy Boys. It's got a, a, a an actress from the '80s who has since disappeared. Um, she hasn't disappeared, but um, and it's got one of the it's got one of the weirdest and strangest and most interesting haunted houses I think ever put to film. Because so. it's not haunted, it's yeah. possessed. But it's not. <laughs> That's even that. the question. That's the question, right? The title of this movie is interesting because, first of all, it sounds like a pl- a proclamation from like a priest, like this house possessed. And then you're trying to figure out, wait, possessed by who and. And does that mean that the house is really not in control? Like, See, it, yeah. bring, it brings out my inner English teacher. I just want to circle mm. it with a red pen and be like, you need a verb. <laughs> but, you know, these, movie, these TV movies always shot for quick and on the cheap. Who can afford all these action verbs? Come on. <laughs> quick and on the cheap. This, this took, uh, Parker Stevenson said in an interview, this took five weeks to shoot. So this was wow. not like... One of those two-week TV movie quickies. You know, it has a bunch of special effects. For children of the 70s, this movie was very, very important for many, many reasons, even though it's the 80s when it came out, because mm-hmm. it was a reuniting of Parker Stevenson and Lisa Eilbacher, who were high school sweethearts in the Hardy Boys. Oh, okay. I thought you Lisa, meant in real life. <laughs> no, Lisa, Lisa Eilbacher played... Frank Hardy's girlfriend for many, many episodes in the Hardy Boys. So now they're all going to grow up and now they're going to fuck and we go watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have such great chemistry, both in and out of bed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, this, and was- why their relationship, well, we'll get into it, but their relationship blossoms without much, you know, impetus or anything. So <laughs> that's a big word. <laughs> That's yeah, a big sorry. word for 11 o'clock in the morning, Dan. Come on now. Sorry. No, but about you're right. That. You're right. I mean, better titles for the movie I writ- have written down. <laughs> better titles of the movie would have been House of Red Flags. Ooh. House of Indeterminate Powers. <laughs> and set boundaries, Sheila! Exclamation point, which would be a musical. <laughs> that one I would love. You know, I found a, a couple of titles that I believe were what it was originally going to be called. One was called When Walls Kill. Terrible. That's terrible. And then Parker Stevenson, in an interview, said that the script he got originally, the title on it was called American Gothic. Hmm. Mm. Also, mm. a little too heavy-handed for this type of film, yeah. No, and it doesn't. It doesn't even fit the architecture because this no, architecture, the architecture is not, it's modern. It's art deco. It's, yeah, it's very it's modern. 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 <laughs> Anywho, 
Okay, yeah. who's Parker Stevenson? Parker Stevenson is a 70s icon. He was half of the Hardy Boys with Sean Cassidy. Um, he was at one time married to Kirstie Alley. And apparently he's now like into photography and he's a producer. He had a producing deal in the 80s and, you know, had a lot of deals going back and forth. Very literate guy, apparently. Loves books. Books. How <laughs> seventies? Uh, but Please. no, yeah, yeah. If, if you don't know who he is, he used to be a regular on Baywatch as well. He was a regular on Melrose Place, regular on Fountain Crest. He's been around. He's been around. Yeah, and he was a heartthrob. He was a Tiger Beat guy. You know, <laughs> he, was- he had the looks. He had the hair. He had the jawline. He had the clothes. He also went on to direct episodes of like Baywatch and Melrose Place. So, you know, he 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 shifted. He shifted that career. He still acts. He's still out there. He's seventy right now. Seventy. Uh. Can I tell you something? Parker Stevenson, Ugh. I know he's a heartthrob, but I know girls were all like flicking the bean over him back in the 70s to their Tiger Bait. <laughs> you know, yeah. 16 Magazine. He never did anything for me. Really? Eyes too close together. He's got beady eyes. I don't <laughs> trust him. Oh, God. You're so, you're, you're, you're so critical. I thought he was dreamy in this movie. So. Would I kick him? Oh, he's creepy in this movie. I, like I said, creepy? red flags, red flags, red flags, <laughs> red flags all over this relationship. I'm like, no, honey, no. No, and Lisa Eilbacher, Lisa Eilbacher is not a name you would know, but if you were around in the 70s, she was everywhere. Her and her sister, Cindy Eilbacher, they lived on the TV movies. They lived on um, th- guest stars on um, every, yeah. every TV show you can think of. And they even starred together in one of the more the infamous TV movies of the 70s. <gasps> they were both in Bad Ronald. Yep, which I haven't seen, by the way. He's bad. And yeah. he's Ronald, and he's locked in yeah, the we walls talked about of the Cindy, house. We talked about Cindy Albacher on the show before because she was in Crowhaven Farm. She was the little creepy witch ghost thing that wanted to sleep with her dad. Wow. They've made <laughs> – I've never – wait, I have seen that one. That's with Hope Lang, correct? Sure is. Sure is. Crowhaven. Okay. Yeah, because this, this is one of the things that we love about the made-for-TV movies of the 70s because they went places that you can't mm. go now. Like, like I said, in Crowhaven Farm, you had this child – Granted, she's a ghost and a witch, but and she's adopted, but she just always wants to get in bed with her daddy, and she wants to kill mommy to be with daddy. And so there's all this implied incest, and we all just like, mm-hmm. And it came on after the like the the wonderful world of Disney. We're like, mm-hmm, no problem, <laughs> family viewing. <laughs> well, this one so also goes Satanist places. Eight babies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, Satanic Panic was big in the 70s and 80s, and it's uh, you know the TV movie had to exploit that. Um, this one also has, you know, this one also has some interesting, um, it's super, it's, it's super violent. It's, uh, there are parts of it that are very intense. And then, like, there's a weird thing going on with the house and Sheila. Mm-hmm. That relationship is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, house is like, oh, we'll get into it. Oh, Sheila. Oh, 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 Sheila. Who is that? Who, who, who sang that? I don't Who's remember. Alexa, okay. who sang Oh, Sheila? Oh, God. Ready for the world? Does that sound right? No. There must be another no. O'Sheela. Oh, oh, some other Sheila. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> I just want to toss out some stuff about Lisa Eilbacher. She she was on the Brady Bunch. She was Marsha's best friend in the in the in the Oh My Nose episode. <laughs> <gasps> I didn't know that. She sure was. You know, the best friends that they only happened for one episode because apparently the Bradys were awful. Like we kill we kill and eat our best friends. <laughs> and we don't go to the back. There's too many kids on this show already. We can't have more kids populating and uh-huh. stealing focus. And she was, if you were a child of the 80s and had HBO, back in the day, Gary Coleman was enough of a name that he had major motion pictures released about Gary Coleman. She was in On the Right Track 
with Gary Cohn, where he played a homeless kid that lived in Grand Central Station. And I remember feeling really bad for Lisa Eilbacher. I'm like, you're really good for this movie. And I feel bad for you. She does elevate... She does elevate any movie that she's in, like Ten to Midnight with the naked, the naked slasher. Thank you. Um, I knew there was another one, Ten to Midnight, right, with Charles Bronson. That's a great one. She played his daughter, uh, Leviathan, the Leviathan. underwater monster movie. I love her in that. She got naked. Um, and in that then, one. of course, Beverly Hills Cop Beverly was Cop. probably her biggest. Oh no, she was in a she was in um, a Officer and Gentleman too. She sure was. She yeah. Sure was. Yeah. And born in Saudi Arabia. I saw that. I saw that on Andy, but no, I like. I like. You can love Parker Stevenson. I will die for Lisa Eilbacher. I love her. Like <laughs> Me too. She, she classes up everything. Like she's too good mm-hmm. for this movie. She she is. She's yeah. She's very personable. She's very charming. You just feel for her. Um, and and um, and apparently someone on the set thought that too because she met her husband on this movie, Bradford Aww. May, who's like the a house. Cinema- she married the house. <laughs> her and the house lived happily ever after. <laughs> She's one of those people like who ha- who fall in love with like the Eiffel Tower, right? And then go and like caress the Eiffel Tower. Have you seen these people? Or they fall in love with a car and they get under the car and caress it. And they marry these objects. It's so weird. <laughs> Dan, you know that's how we met. You know, you were, you, were, you, you were doing the reenactments on my special about me. Remember? Remember that? Went, yeah. <laughs> yes. Going way back. Get back in that time machine. That's right. That's how we met. I prefer the Tower of Pisa because I like that lean, baby. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Come on, I lean. Anyway, but the thing about these made-for-TV movies of the 70s, normally it was that they were made on the quick and on the cheap, as I mentioned. And what would happen is you'd have like anybody who was under contract for, say, ABC, part of their contract, we'd be stuck in this movie. So it's like, we have downtime and we're going to make a movie really quick and we don't have to pay you anything extra. So we're going to throw you in this mm-hmm. movie. And normally you could tell that they got the script for whatever scene they were shooting like two minutes before they shot it because everybody's yeah. doing their audition acting. There's really no connection <laughs> yes. or anything yes. like that. But that's not happening here. I guess if you've got five weeks. Yeah, I mean this yeah, they seem to be like Parker Stevenson said like like you said that he was under contract to do two films for ABC and he brought them a bunch of titles and they were like, "Nah, not interested. Nah, that's not for us." And then they said, "Hey, we have this haunted house script. Would you be interested?" And he thought it was, you know, kooky and kind of different, so he did it. But but getting back to what you were saying, yeah, their scenes together, the acting scenes together, they're really connecting and they don't they don't in this one seem like they've just seen the script. Well, of course not because they worked together for years on the Hardy yeah. Boys and they were really in love on that show, so it just it bleeds over and it just it elevates everything. It sure does. It I was sure much does. more interested in them than a lot of the haunted house stuff. But again, I'm just going red flag, red flag. Okay, so tell me, Dan, I need you to give me a nice, tight, thirty second plot summary of this house possessed. Don't sell me the whole script. I'm a movie producer. We're stuck in an elevator. You've got thirty seconds to sell me on this shit. The clock says now. <laughs> After pop singer Gary Strayhorn is diagnosed with, uh, with tiredness or exhaustion, he's ordered by a doctor to take some time off. So he goes and buys a house in the mountains, a mansion, takes along this nurse that he hires to be his assistant, who eventually becomes his lover, but they soon discover that this house possessed. Brilliant. Red pen needed a linking verb at the end. You need something there. I brought, <laughs> I brought the. No, it just sounds when you say this house possessed. It just gives it that gravitas. Okay. Yes, it does because it does sound like some agent curse. This house possessed. <laughs> 
Because usually it's like, this house is cleansed, like Tangina in Poltergeist. You know this what? House, uh, Heather, no. See, no, no. See, no. She lied. She lied. She, she lied. She did her job. She's like, I'm done. I'm gone <laughs> for like, 30 seconds and the whole place explodes. Don't trust that There's still 35. Yeah. Everyone's like, Tangina's great. She knows what she's doing. I'm like, no, 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 no. Honey, no. She got okay. it wrong. There's, yeah. I want to talk about the house itself. Like, not, not about the house itself is weird the architecture is weird and it's such a great location because i would keep looking at shots going what style is this it's weird it's got yeah. a little bit of mayan ruin to it at certain points it looks really elegant at other points it looks like a ski lift or like the little <laughs> the little like cabana thing that you have to go into before you get on a roller coaster that sort of it's weird mm-hmm. it's a weird house you're not sure what's outside and what's inside, right? Like, there's lots of glass. It also is very modern. It has the solar panels. It's Well, in this movie, anyway. I don't know if the real house is run by solar panels. Um, it's got the CCTV monitoring system. But yeah, you're right. Sometimes it's gothic. It's got these big, thick columns. And then sometimes people are wandering around, and you're thinking, wait, is she outside or is she inside? There's wind. <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah, and a, it's like a lot of the rooms flow into each other. There's an indoor pool. Mm-hmm. So there's Jurassic Park gates to get into the place. Yes. <laughs> you know that your house that, is fucked if you got Jurassic Park gates to get into it. And that's you scene, got wicker. Okay, you got wicker furniture inside. What's happening? No, <laughs> what's that's happening? For, that's for your lanai, like on the Golden Girls. Thank you. You've got these enough wicker. Dan, Dan mentioned the video cameras. <laughs> The whole place is run by a computer that was made in the 1950s, so it's huge. It's a huge computer. And it's, it's so thorough, you never have to do any housework. What? No. The filter <laughs> system is so strong, it cleans itself. I'm like, mm. So if I spill something, it gets sucked up in the floor. <laughs> I didn't get that. So there's no dust? There's no filter system, so there's no dust? Or, right, right. Or it's, if you track mud it's into pr- the house or you have diarrhea on the floor, it just gets sucked into the vents. <laughs> gone. Gone. It does its own dishes. <laughs> It don't cook though. It don't cook. Uh, we learned yeah. that. Uh, it's or it's like burnt offerings. The house in that movie regenerate, regenerates itself. So Karen Black doesn't have to. Well, she does the cleaning, but she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to. No, it gets younger the more it eats. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The more souls it takes. What I love too is that the like I said, there's video cameras all over the place, and all of them are gigantic, and they look like Daleks from Doctor Who. Yeah, all these cameras. <laughs> the red light that comes on so you know the ghost or the house is watching. Mm-hmm. I keep saying ghost, but we don't there's no real ghost in this because no one died in this house. No, well it's the house itself. It's just the house. We'll get into all that, what all that means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the movie opens. What's happening in this opening scene? And who's in it? Uh in the opening scene, we see a young she's called Mandy Wiss in this movie, but we know her as Amanda Wiss from the original N- a Nightmare on Elm Street. And her and her beau have decided to sneak and onto the grounds of this mansion. We don't know anything about this house. We don't know anything about them. They climb a fence. Well, the title and came up and we were assuming that this is the house possessed. Yes, <laughs> wait, yes. This ha- so we this, know- wait, this house possessed? Question mark. <laughs> or is it some other house possessed? Question mark. Do we have the right address? This house possessed? <laughs> or is it that house possessed? It looks like there's only one house in the neighborhood. There's this only is one in house in this nowhere. town, pretty much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They they are getting Randy on this property. They're on the lawn. They're making out. They're all excited. Locked up solid. God, I don't blame them. It's sensational in there. See what I mean about playing house? I'm beginning to. It's pretty.
pretty nice out here. Private, too. Mandy Wiss, you know, like like the females are in these movies, she's always a little like, should we be doing this? I don't know if we're supposed to be here. And then, you know, the house retaliates. The house is not happy that they're using its lawn as a as a as a you know a, a den of bed. sin. It's a fuck bed. <laughs> it's a fuck bed. They got and then ticks in a very... crawling all up in them because that house that, that the lawn's overgrown. Apparently, it doesn't mow the lawn, but it doesn't... <laughs> no one's no one's taking care of it because it you know it's pining for. For, for its its owner to come back. Um, but then in a very phallic moment, the, the house makes it the water hose come alive and spray the both of them. And then they're just so terrified by water that they have to run away. <laughs> hey, I was so happy to see Amanda Weiss in this. Or Weiss. Yes. I never know which it is. But... I was very happy to see her, and I was living for her side pony and her blue satin shorts. I'm like, ah, look at her! Oh. <laughs> yeah, those satin shorts are where they were riding up. And there's a story about how on the set of this, she met Candy Spelling, which doesn't make any sense because Aaron Spelling didn't produce this, I don't think. Yeah, but he, he was, I mean, he produced so many of them. It would make sense that everywhere. they were lurking around. Yeah. Making sure and they're doing it right. Can- Does my husband need to step in? Do I have to lock you in the <laughs> gift wrap room? <laughs> Do you need seventeen million more dollars to finish this? Because my husband—they were rolling this for my daughter Tori. She's gorgeous. Oh my god! Oh my god! There are no children in this. Tori would not. Ha- Tori would have been a baby. Yeah, she would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> but Candy Spelling apparently took Amanda Wiss to buy stockings to put under the shorts so that the shorts wouldn't ride up and show her. You know, Vizier. it would not <laughs> would Vizier. not be good for TV standards. So yeah, it's. It's a cold open. I love I love this cold open because we already like f- with very little dialogue and very little story. We just know this house is bad. Something's up with this house. And also, just a little bit of disappointment because it's a TV movie. Because you see the the hose sneaking up at them. I'm like, okay, they're mm-hmm. gonna get someone gonna get a surprise animal right about now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they? Is that hose gonna go up somewhere? Is it gonna be like Evil Dead style? Is it gonna be going or- down somewhere? Is it gonna be going around things? I don't know what's gonna happen, but. And then it's just like, oh, somebody's going to get strangled by the, oh, they just got wet. <laughs> and it's not even like scalding hot water like we see later in the film. It's just regular. I think it's just regular cold. You know what? The I house mean, that is could... like, take it somewhere else, okay? <laughs> just no. I'm a, I got to get. I'm a, I'm a big possessed, but I'm a nice house with decent Christian standards. There's no, no fornicating on my lawn. No, no, no. It even gets pissed later. Yeah, I'm a rental property, house. and you're gonna make my value go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they just scurry off like like they're ter- you know, like I said, terrified of of water. But the house <laughs> has the house has told us what it's gonna be, what it's about, what's going on. Like, be scared of me. One of the house's interesting traits is that, like I said, it's got these video cameras, and apparently, the house is bored. A lot, and it's watching its own TV. Like you'd be cruising through the house, and you realize like you're hearing sounds, and it's coming from the TV. It's yeah. able. It's it's not even able to tap into other video cameras around the world to watch things. It's just able to see anybody anywhere <laughs> because it's watching Parker Stevenson do a concert. Yeah, like it's very omniscient, right? It can see anything anywhere. Uh, like you said, it can. It's watching scenes where there would not be any camera present. So there's this this house has some powers. I was watching it the other night with listening to Tara Gardner 
And we were trying to figure out, like, okay, she's like, well, maybe maybe it's tapping into other security cameras. I'm like, yes, but the security cameras are doing cuts and zooms and follow shots and, like, <laughs> over-the-shoulder shots and two Ts, close-ups. It's, it's like whoever's doing it has got a really – okay, go camera two. Yeah, right? Yeah, Zoom it's in, yeah. being – yeah. The house is sort of – yeah, the house is sort of directing from the, the, the truck outside. <laughs> now cut to – yeah, cut to one, cut to two. Yeah, no, there's it's, – it's going places where there wouldn't possibly be cameras – yeah, so, just let um, it go, let it wash over you, let it wash over you. It's just a conceit. It's watching people, and it's watching Parker Stevenson, who, as Dan said, is a pomp star. Mm-hmm. I'm not a rock star. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not a pop star either. <laughs> you're not a singer either. You're okay, but his voice is like reed thin. And I'm thinking, is this some weird kind of Sean Cassidy career envy? Like, I'm a singer too. <laughs> And I'm going to do it on film. I'm going to capture it forever so people can see it. He was apparently uh, very um, embarrassed by this by his singing in this movie. He did not want to sing in it. He did not like the fact that he had to sing in it. So, you know, and he they, tried. And he sings a lot. There's, there's a lot of songs. The thing is, they wrote songs, but they only wrote like three lines of the songs and made them repeat right. them 15 times. Believe it, believe it in you, believe it. I loved all of this because it's terrible. And he is wearing, like, his outfit is ridiculous. Like, his shirt is open to the navel. As Tara said, she's like, that is one deep V. <laughs> Yeah, it's also it's also where we meet him in the beginning. He's in some weird like what cabaret space where there's. I don't know. It's like a concert, but nobody's sitting. They're all just standing there, but nobody's dancing. What I love to this next song. Okay, like uh, he has this the slow ballad, and he segues into his hot rock and pop song. <laughs> Sensitive, you're not. Sensitive, you're not. It's a joke. You're sensitive. Yes. Um, oh, I got it. T. Sensitive, you're hot. Which doesn't make any sense. Sensitive, no, you're hot. Know. But I love the list because they keep panning the crowd, which is all like 30 something white women. Yep. Horny extras out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all. <laughs> like, why aren't they. Ru- yeah. They're all gushing over Parker Stevenson. But what, what I love is a tracking shot where they're panning across the faces of these horny extras and. All four of them have the exact same face on. Now, this is a visual thing, so I'm going to have to walk you through this. I had a friend who I haven't seen in a thousand years, but he was a performer, and he spent years working at the Grand Ole Opry. Mm. The Grand Ole Opry is so big. How big is it? It's so big that if you're on stage and you're smiling like a normal person, you can't read it in the house. So they have to adopt what they call the Grand Ole Opry smile, which is uppers and lowers. But you also have to like part your part your teeth too. That's terrifying. So your mouth is open with these frozen smiles, with your eyes too big, because that's what happened. 
all four women. <laughs> they are so horny. They're like, oh, yeah, Parker. I got a deep V for you, too, honey. Mm. I remember you from TV's Hardy Boys. I'm going to throw my uh, – like, n- next step was throwing the- – but it's funny that none of them are, like, rushing him and ripping off his clothes. And they're all – you know, they're they're crazy. They're crazy into him, but they're all very sedate. That's because they're extras and they're not allowed yeah. to. They're, because there Don't. comes a point in the middle of the song, it's like, sensitive, you're not, I know, and he passes out. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody moves. Nobody moves. Nobody comes Don't down. Like one him. guy comes to help. Slim Pickens runs out to help him. Nobody else. Why? Because they're extras. Just everybody's right. Don't All touch fu- the star. No. Don't get near All the you star. you fuckers, yeah. you stay behind the line. Stay behind the line. <laughs> you're and- concerned, but you're not going to run up and help him because... He has to stay ill because that's what the house wants. Right. And this was another thing. I'm going, did the house make him sick? Mm-hmm. I guess so because I got – this is also a misdirect because you're thinking the house is obsessed with Parker Stevenson, but it's not. Yeah. It's all an elaborate plot to get Lisa Eilbacher, who's a nurse. And you know she's a nurse because she wears a paper hat. Oh, my God. The paper hat is so scr- – uh, you know, nurses <laughs> – what? A, what uh, yeah. She's so cute in it, though. She really, she really works that hat. And she's, she's adorable. A, she's, she can do no wrong. Yeah. She can do no wrong. I love her. Mm-mm. I love mm-hmm. her. Are you listening, Lisa? <laughs> we want you back. We Let's, want you oh, back. Get yourself, get, get yourself a series. Come back to TV. Um, make, that, make that cameo in movies. Come on. This house possessed two. <laughs> T-O-O. so it's a completely different mansion somewhere um i'm up for it i'm up for it yeah so yeah apparently he's been touring so much he's had a nervous breakdown or is just dizzy or gets headaches depends depends apparently uh, yeah this is before every celebrity was exhausted remember like uh every celebrity is is diagnosed with exhaustion and they have to like kim kardashian she's exhausted and so (laughs) <laughs> this was before that that was you know that was hip i guess and one of the symptoms of exhaustion is having no septum anymore because you burned <laughs> it out with cocaine it causes exhaustion you don't breathe properly anyway yeah but mm-hmm. no yeah there are several like intimations like there's a doctor that says are you sure he's not on something have you like is he on coke or or heroin and so there's there's several there's several drug references in this yes and then there's several conversations about how straight he is he must be his manager yeah What's he into? Coke? Heroin? Pills? Nothing. The boy don't use anything. Shoot, everybody in the business knows that. Hey, look, man. I'm a doctor, not a cop. So spend me the magazine if you do. Hey, listen, Doc. I don't give a darn if you're J. Edgar Hoover or Albert Schweitzer. The kid's straight. Okay. Don't get frosted. Just something I have to know. He's totally straight. He's so straight. Because I'm the straightest pop star ever. The management has asked that you not blow your smoke towards the stage because it's in my contract that the band has to work straight. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. You can blow it towards the back. Security doesn't like to work straight. What? Okay, so getting into this. There's this, this, this one-scene doctor who delivers his diagnosis to his manager, Slim Pickens. <laughs> I thought it was like a maybe a nod to Colonel to Colonel Parker and Elvis. Although I read that Colonel Parker was like Dutch. I thought he was from Kentucky or something, but he's actually from. Well, Slim Pickens like, is serving Colonel Sanders in this outfit. He totally is. That's I true. thought the same Elvis thing as well. 
but that's true that's true and it's it's funny that like uh gary has a has a, a manager who's you know like 30 years his senior you'd think like a young hip pop star would have a young hip manager but um slim pickens sits at home reads reads books that music was neither young nor hip it was <laughs> that was soft rock that was, that was no no that was crisscross not chris not christopher not crisscross christopher cross christopher cross yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah um but yeah slim pickens is an actual person and that's his actual name and he elevates every movie that he's in come on yeah, dr no, strange love dr strange love the howling blazing saddles Oof. The, yeah, the Apple Dumpling Gang. <laughs> the Apple Dumpling Gang possessed. <laughs> <laughs> he just like he doesn't have to play a character. He is a character. He just steps on screen. He's got that accent, and you're like, oh, it's like Lisa Albacher. You just you're like, oh, this makes me feel good. This puts me in a good slim pickings. I, I you know, I just you just want to hug him. You know he's what? Like you're, big, he's like Dolly Parton. He doesn't have to act. He just shows up. Dolly Parton shows up in movies, and he's just Dolly Parton, and that's all you need. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And he's and he's fun in this one too because he really cares about Gary. He does. He doesn't have straight is. Gary seems to be his only client. So I just want to toss the- out yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. that too. <laughs> but I just want to toss out the doctor is David Paymer. David Paymer is not a name you recognize. He's in everything and still is mm-hmm. working. He's like one of these characters. Like he's one of those, when you hear people say like, I want to make it in Hollywood, you really have to be gorgeous and, you know, have a great body. You know, this guy's got a character face and I'm scrolling through his IMDb, IMDb and yeah. my finger is getting tired <laughs> from scrolling. I feel like I've been scrolling for 10 minutes and I realize I'm at 2012. Like I've gone back right. like eight years and there's been 150 credits. This guy, as soon as you saw his face, be like, oh, that guy. And an Oscar nominee, right? Wasn't he nominated for like Mr. Saturday Night or something? Yeah. Or yeah. some movie? Yeah. 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 The great thing about 70s movies too is that every once in a while there'll be, a, there'll be someone that became famous later who pops up in it. I mean, there's a couple in this one. There's, should we say them? There's Barry Corbin who turns up later. There's Philip Baker Hall in a really tiny role. Blink and you miss him. So. Yeah, well, ba- uh, 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 Barry Corbin, he popped up as the, the police detective. And I went, oh, that guy. Yeah. Because he's, he's one of those guys. He's that guy. Mm-hmm. You, nobody knows his name, but he works all the time. Northern Exposure. Dead and buried. <gasps> mm. Mm. What's the story? What's the story? Like, How does Lisa Eilbacher go from being a nurse in a paper hat in a hospital to becoming a private <laughs> masseuse sex object <laughs> cook maid? She does become everything to him. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about this movie is that they sort of come together and there's not a lot of buildup. I mean, they're, they flirt a little bit in the hospital. She's taking care of him. And then he's ordered to take some time off and needs a, a nurse to watch over him to make sure he doesn't faint again. And he just offers her the job. And she says she needs the money. Because he gets headache. You want the job? What? To be my private nurse for a couple of weeks. Gary, you just can't ask her to... Why not? She's a nurse. She gives massages. You've got vacation time coming, don't you? Oh, yeah. Well, this will be it. Look, I won't work you too hard, and I'll overpay you like crazy. You're serious? Yes. Well, I, I could use the money. It's a deal. Yeah, 
I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna need a private physical masseuse because I get headaches. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> fuck the fuck off! <laughs> he wants to go back and write music, right? He wants to go back to his roots, write some more songs, and so he needs. A, I haven't written a song be... in a year. I'm saying I heard your songs. I don't think you've written a song ever. But okay, <laughs> that song is a loose term here. <laughs> if that's the kind of songs you write, you need to take a lot of time off to regroup. Yeah, but yeah. I'm doing my opera smile. He's great. He's the best. <laughs> we love him. What? I'm sorry. I'm just going back to that scene. That whole scene, the whole club scene, it reminded me of that scene in the Brady Bunch movie where Davy Jones is playing at the prom and like all the mm. t- all the teachers of like the, old, like the 40-year-old teachers are kind of like swarming the stage and showing their boobs. That's what it reminded me of. Like everybody's too old and too excited. <laughs> hi, With Davey. more smoke. Hi. Hi, Davy. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So there's a lot of setup here. There's just all the stuff. And so she leaves to go be his private masseuse. And it's really weird. They let him go and they have all mm-hmm. this stuff set up and they don't have, he doesn't have a place to live. Like, ah, oh, we're homeless. So we're just going to drive around and find something. Yeah. I mean, uh, where are they going? They just get in his, his Bronco. I think it's a Bronco, which they always drive with the hatchback open. What is that about? I don't know. <laughs> it's I- it's always open. Like they put something in the trunk and they forgot to close it. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, and they just go, mm-hmm. I don't even think they're going in search of a home, right? They're just, they're just driving around um, I again. Think, I think they are, but he says this couple of things. He's like, why, why'd you go this way? He's like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like going this way. Again. You mean you've never gone this way before? The house. Again, the house is the puppeteer. The house is controlling them. The house yeah. is calling. <laughs> Come to me. And then they end up in Rancho Santa Fe, California, they which, which they both think is very cute. The town with three people in it. <laughs> <laughs> three people in a library. <laughs> He's like, this is a cute town. Let's find a real estate agent and see if there's, hey, is, uh, there might be a house around here somewhere. Do you have a gigantic, out-of-date mansion that nobody's lived in for 30 years that's like really hard to describe? like in an architecture way but it's still yeah. totally furnished it might have a pool that i don't have to take care of perfect i'll take it and not only does he rent it he buys it on the spot yeah yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and lisa albacher's like wait a minute are you sure this is a this is a big purchase and he's like what a crazy life rock stars live <laughs> yeah she does say that right <laughs> she's it- like this innocent small town girl small town san francisco girl yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because the house is in San Diego. So it, the real life house is in San Diego. But the movie, there's a scene where she gets off a, a trolley car. So we're meant to think that maybe this house is in Northern California. Well, we did skip over the introduction of my favorite character when Tanya shows up to visit him at the hospital. What do you mean I can't see Gary? I'm sorry, miss, but those are the doctor's orders. Fine, you follow them. Me, I'm going to see Gary. Miss, you can't go in there. Watch me. What's the trouble? I told her she couldn't see Mrs. Bayhorn, and she won't pay any attention. Look, I'm a good friend of Gary's, and I just slept all the way in from Sausalito. Well, then I suggest you slap all the way back, at least for two more days. Hey, Florence Nightingale, I'm going into bed. Oh, no, you're not. You planning on stopping? No, not me, him. And you know something? I think he'd enjoy it almost as much as I would. Tanya mm-hmm. showed up and I went, oh, tacky hookers, yay! <laughs> now I realize we're supposed to call them sex workers now, but if you saw Tanya, Tanya is dressed like a 70s hooker. 
Mm-hmm. She, like if you still, she's not a sex worker. She's a hooker. She's got the again with the side pony. She's got the little mink stole that's too skinny and like the pants. I oh girl, I was so excited. I'm like this character. I'm gonna love. <laughs> Yeah, and also she's written to be sassy and strong, and she doesn't she doesn't take guff from anybody, and she's kind of a bitch. She's a she, bitch to Sheila. Granted, I make my living standing around naked, but I usually don't do it in front of the help. She is given some great one-liners or great dialogue bits in this movie, um, and you you know you hate you love to hate her. Oh yeah, as soon as her. you know, like that bitch is gonna die, <laughs> but she doesn't. But. And spoiler, yeah, well, you already gave it away, but... She doesn't, but, you know, that one's going to get her come up, and she's too... She needs to be punished. She's too free for primetime mm-hmm. TV. You can't show mm-hmm. up dressed like this and be this pushy. <laughs> you can't be mean... You can't be mean to Lisa Eilbacher, of all people? No! You gotta pay. And just get away with it. Yeah. You gotta pay. But she is the only character in this movie who is mean to Lisa Albacher and serve, or not mean, but um, not everybody's mean to her, but everybody tries to get to Lisa Albacher and, and you know, uh, ends up not doing well. But uh, Tanya survives. She does. She does. A lot of this movie is just their budding relationship between Parker Stevenson and Lisa Eilbacher, and it's all mm-hmm. screaming red flags because I'm going, Lisa Eilbacher, you are there to do a job. You're here as a professional. And yeah. she does not set boundaries. Like, like you're here to massage this motherfucker and be his nurse. But she winds up doing all like the housework and she's supposed to be the she has to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not a good cook. I'm like, why are you expected to cook? You're the nurse. <laughs> and they're exactly. spending all the night you're... sipping brandy by candlelight. I'm going, honey, what are you doing? What are you doing? You have to be like, nope, sorry, I've got my set hours. I'm gonna be in my room watching television. Thank you. <laughs> There are a lot of scenes of them sitting in front of the fire talking. Uh, But yeah, you sort of forget. You sort of forget that she's there to do a job, right? She forgets she's there to do a job because in the whole movie, in the whole movie, (laughs) when she gets to the house, you see her, she her give him a massage once. She rubs his temples for five seconds. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. my job. That's my job. She does run to get his medication at one point. She's like, where's your medication? I didn't get it. Let me go to town and get your medication for you. And that's just an excuse for her to run into Joan Bennett. Margaret? No, I'm sorry. You must mean somebody else. Margaret. My name is Sheila. Why are you here? Why? I don't know what you're talking about. You shouldn't have come. No, you shouldn't have come. Mm. Joan Joan. Bennett. If you don't know who she is, first of all, I was shocked that like her first movie credit was in 1917. She worked for 70 years in the film industry. If you don't know who she is, she was Madame Blanc in Suspiria. She was um, mm-hmm. Flora Collins on Dark Shadows. Yeah. Yeah. And this was one of her last movies, I think, right? Her character's official name is Rag Lady. I said, that's rude. <laughs> Not even a bag lady. She's the rag lady. <laughs> I don't get that either. She doesn't even collect rags. It looks like she collects newspapers. Okay, here's the thing. The, the exposition librarian gives you all the journals. She pushes a shopping cart full of garbage around. The rag lady. Oh, yes, she is the town eccentric. She lives out on Route 7 in a shack. It's all filled with all the garbage she's always picking up. She's um, not all here. You know what I mean? Yeah. She stacks all that garbage in her house. And when you finally go to the rag lady's house, I'm like, this is the most carefully organized <laughs> garbage. 
Yeah. And for a hoarder to have only one cat and all this organized <laughs> garbage. Like, Surprising. Wow. Everything is in neat little stacks. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lisa Albacher, when she walks into it, spoiler, she ends up at the house for uh, for story purposes. She doesn't let go. Oh, God, the smell in here. Oh, it's terrible. She just walks into the house. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So the the rag lady must, you know, keep it clean, except for the pa- the, the the piles and piles of newspapers. She comes um, home and, and washes all that garbage, and then she puts it yes. in these stacks. Wipes it down, <laughs> Fabrizes it. <laughs> yeah, but the, she's uh, the Brad Lady is the crazy Ralph of the movie. Yes, yeah, she's the one that's got a secret. She knows something. She approaches Sheila, calls her by a different name, keeps Martha. calling her Mar- Martha, Margaret. Oh, Margaret, right, right. She calls her Margaret. Yeah, um, and so she, you know, we we get the sense that she knows something that 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 you shouldn't she's have not come back us. here, Margaret. Hmm. It's got a death curse. You'll never come back again. <laughs> again. <laughs> I they oh, have her in a bad wig and giant glasses and like too much makeup. I'm like, I love this character. She's insane. Like totally, bo- what is, so over the top. What is with the layers and layers of makeup and the red, red, red lipstick? I mean, I love it. It's I, I think it's a great choice because it shows how uh, sort of loony she is um but it's very it's very jarring when the, the first time you see it and also it's it's very scary it makes her a scary character i'm like get away from her she's gonna give you she's gonna hold you down and give you a makeover a rag lady makeover <laughs> no girl no and look at her she don't know how to put on her own makeup now, one of the other things that we learned too is that lisa eilbacher has a secret lisa eilbacher has a past like we've, it gets hinted mm-hmm. at a lot like there's there's uh, dr rapey how much do you know about him as much as I know about any patient that hires me privately. What are you going to tell him about yourself? He hasn't asked. What if he does ask? I'll tell him something. But not the truth. Why not? We both know the answer to that, Sheila. You know, I don't happen to think it's any of your business. Hey, Sheila. I was your doctor for a long time. I have a vested interest. Look, uh, it's only for a couple of weeks. And I really need to get away. Well, that's all there is to it. I hope so. For your sake. When she's leaving yes. at the hospital, she's like, ah, uh, Sheila, do you really think you should be going? Because you know your history. I was your doctor for many, many years. And I think if people find out your secret, they're going to think you're crazy. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. The doctor's warning. First of all, is he a psychiatrist? Was he her psychiatrist? And why would she? Why would she? You know, why would she confide in this doctor about her personal family history? Like it didn't. And it psychiatrists didn't make any sense. all often work in hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he looked like a surgeon. This man looked like a surgeon. He has man. He has he's a GP. Okay, he, he has many GP. Hats. He got everything. He got many paper hats. <laughs> he wears many hats. I was just like, okay, this is the point in the script where we have to lay in. They have to layer in that that Lisa Albacher also has a past, and so let's find what's the only way we can do that is to have this creepy doctor who we never met before. Yeah. Um, just uh, just sort of drop these breadcrumbs about her past. And one of the ways this starts to show, uh, like I said, the 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 rag lady's calling her Martha. But before that, we have a scene where Lisa's in bed and she's hearing a male voice go, Ma- Margaret. I'm sorry, I want to keep calling her Martha, but it's Margaret. 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 Yeah. Margaret. Quite creep. And quite creepy. Quite creepy. And Tara Gardner, when I was watching it the other day, she's like, okay, so the house can talk. 
But only that one word. And then I realized, oh, that's not the house. That's her. She's she's starting to remember. Right, right, yeah. Well, the house can do the house can do many things. So I wouldn't put it past the house that it could create a voice. And if we're, you know, if so. we're, I'm going to say that's all her. I'm going to say that's okay. all her. The house is so trying you, to make her remember, but that she's starting. Because yeah. I also, okay, the whole thing. Okay, we're going to spoil it. But it turns out that Lisa Eilbacher, she can't remember the first seven years of her life, and it turned out that she grew up in this house. Yeah, the house was built for her and her mother. Yeah. Right, yeah. her father in in the movie, her father was an architect, mm-hmm. and he as built everybody this house is in TV his... movies, everybody's an architect in TV movies. <laughs> <laughs> Building shit left and right. Mm. Um, and he built this house for his wife and his daughter. And then, is this the story? Right, he sensed something was going on with the house that it well, was as we as we learn eventually from the rag lady in the end. She's like, and you, little Margaret, because turns out the rag lady was her her nanny. Hmm. And like you were so full of love, and you radiated so much love, and you radiated so much love that the house loved you back. You were christened Margaret Allen. I can still see you when your parents brought you home from the church. Who are you? I was your nurse. I took care of you for the first seven years of your life. You were the most beautiful child. Filled with sunshine, your father used to say. And your love was like music. This house, big as it was, couldn't hold all the love you gave it. And it loved you back. What do you mean it loved me back? I told them, when it was all over, that you had disappeared. They couldn't find you. Your parents... They were dead. The police thought I was crazy, so they wouldn't listen to me. Crazy. I was there. But what happened? Of course, blame the woman. Always blame the woman. It's her fault. She radiated too much love. She was too cute and loving. That, yes, the house and the house was uh, was I guess it had so the computer was so advanced for 1950 that it became sentient and fell in love with Lisa Eilbacher and, and this whole thing it's been wanting to get her back because back in the day her dad got a job in Europe or something and they were yeah. going to leave the house forever and he, the house was like no I'm going to fix this problem and kill everybody. Your father, a brilliant architect, ahead of his time, he built this house for you and your mother. Another author came along, out of the country. It would have taken three years. He decided to take it, put my house up for sale. He was just picking up the phone to call a broker. And the house couldn't stand the thought of your leaving. So it decided to kill the people who were taking you away. This house loves you. They'll never let you go. Killed the parents. Did not kill the nanny, apparently, because the nanny survived. So we could say that this house possessed by Margaret. Like, it's possessed by its love of Margaret. Aww. So maybe it is possessed. It's a love story <laughs> after all. Oh. Okay, so we spoil the whole movie, but that's okay. I mean, we're not going to go through the whole thing because we'll be here all night. But there are so many just wonderful like, – there's so many red flags with this relationship. Mm-hmm. And one of the parts that just made me went, good for her, my good for her moment. Yeah. Which is actually for the house. This is one of these endless brandy and candlelight and firelight scenes with um, Parker and Lisa. 
and he's putting the moves on her and he starts kissing her and she keeps saying no we're going too fast no we're going too fast and all of a sudden like the fire alarm in the house starts going off i went good for you house whoop, whoop. I'm like exactly you exactly you better set off that whistle whistle the house is watch the house is watching out for its love you know like anybody who gets in the way anybody who tries to hurt margaret slash sheila is is gonna is gonna feel you know the the it's gonna feel the wrath of this house right because, because it doesn't yeah. stop that it doesn't break them up later on when they actually do it it's just that she said no mm-hmm. the lady said no <laughs> <laughs> yes and when she's happy, I guess the house is happy. Mm-hmm. But when she, when she's, you know, when she's not happy, the house takes her side and comes, steps in. And it's such an interesting story. I love that this just, I love that this building has a sentience where it can just create things, even, even when, when the people aren't there, because we have that whole scene with Slim Pickens, who just takes something that was in the house and then, you know, uh, feels the wrath of the house, and he's not even close to the house. So, this yeah. house has powers that go beyond its walls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's like the Amityville thing, you know, like in the Amityville horror, Rod Steiger's in the car, and the hoods flips up, and so you feel like, oh, this house has powers even beyond, When you Patty Duke uh, buys that lamp at the garage sale. <laughs> <laughs> Amityville, the evil escapes or if something, I, if right? Follow her home. If I follow home. One of my favorite things about this is these are just silly things. There's a scene where they were um, where they were just they just got to the town and they're looking around the town. They're going to find the real estate agent. I realize both of them, Lisa and Parker, are wearing jeans that are spray painted on. <laughs> they are so tight. And it's, when they yeah. decide to go find a real estate agent, they're like, "Okay, let's go." And they turn and start walking away from the camera. And for like three seconds, they're walking in unison. And I was just like, "The Jordash look, you got." You see those look, butt cheeks. The Jordash look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh. "This would have been the era." Yeah, this, exactly this would have been era. the era of Jordash. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, they're both. Listen, if you don't look good. Both... We don't look good. Feet you know, <laughs> They are both oh, cute as a button in this movie. Never mind. It was Ula La Sassoon. Or maybe they're Wranglers. They are not Wranglers. How dare you? They're not Wranglers. <laughs> they are not Wranglers. Those, those are trash jeans. <laughs> but listen, that gets back to the idea that they're, they're a really cute couple. They, um, they really have chemistry. I, I really feel like they liked each other in real life. And so it, it, it translates onto the screen. And you want them, like you want them to be together, I you guess. You want these crazy though, kids to make it. You want these crazy, even though he's a creep. And yeah. it's, this is never going to work. This is never going to work. This is never gonna, the way he's pretty, like, eventually he proposes to her and he's like, we're going to get mm-hmm. married and then I'm going to go on tour. I'm going to take you on tour. I'm like, if, if, if you've never been on tour, as a performer, it's a nightmare. It's hell. Yeah. You have no free time. You have no privacy. And I said, so you're going to get married. And this regular woman is all of a sudden going to be thrusted to the spotlight. Yeah. With that media test everywhere. Your, yeah. That will test your marriage. And also, if he's going to go places and have women standing around in a circle just Googling <laughs> over him, that's not going to... Sheila may not be happy with that. Sheila not, not going to be. The house is going to come back and be like, fuck this. Look, this sounded good on paper. <laughs> but No. Burn it all down. Burn it down. Don't make my don't make my Sheila unhappy or I will take you out. We have seen it. Look what it did to Tanya. The blood shower, which is one of the greatest scenes in this movie. It's so good. I love all, every scene with Tanya is gold. Mm-hmm. It is gold. Because like she comes back and like it is me like it's like fuck everybody. Fuck you, Lisa Albacher. Carry my luggage. I'm here to fuck. <laughs> Baby, how you doing? <laughs> 
Now, don't get started. I know you volunteered to be alone, but I couldn't help myself. I just had to see you. Tanya, how did you find it? Your manager, Mr. Keene, tracer of Lost Singers. I told him I'd turn off his pacemaker, but he didn't give me your address. <laughs> oh, and this must be your live-in nurse. Haven't I seen you somewhere before? We met at the hospital. Oh, yeah, right. Well, anyway, here I am, and tell me the truth. Ain't you glad to see me? The truth? <gasps> Forget it. Just say you're glad. Okay, I'm glad. Great. Now, let's take a look at the house. It looks super. And I want to hear your new music. You've been writing, haven't you? Yeah. Good. Oh, honey, there are a couple of bags in the car. Bring them in, would you? You're the help. She calls her the help. She sure does. Do you mind, sweetie? I mean, I know I make my living standing around half naked, but I don't like to do it in front of the help. Makes Which you carry is so... Your so bad. And even, and even little things... Like in this in this particular scene, you have Lisa Albacher puttering around in the house, and she's got this cute little yellow dress on, mm-hmm. lemon yellow dress. And Tanya shows up in this hot hooker pantsuit that's the exact same shade of yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya just knew she just knew what was going to get under Sheila's skin. She's like, "Okay, you're all lemony, but dowdy. I'm lemony, and I'm ready to puck up. <laughs> I'm the fire. I'm the sun. And it and I got the, a side pony, and I'm popping pills." <laughs> You think you had a side pony. She's a um, pill-popping hoe. Well, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Like, she's watching him at the beginning, and she's just popping pills and drinking. We should say the actress's name, Shelly Smith, who was just like, she was all over the 70s and 80s, right? She's amazing. Shelly Smith, Shelly Smith, yeah, yeah. She was one of those visible people. Like, she was in all, yeah. like, one-offs on TV shows, like guest stars and stuff like that. And she was in National Lampoon's Class Reunion, which is a spoof That's- of slasher movies. So. That's right. I forgot. I haven't seen that in years. Years. I, I saw it once back in the day, and I didn't like it. And I haven't seen it since. But <laughs> she's great. She's great in this, and she gets a great. Even though she doesn't die, she gets a great. You know, it's one of the most memorable moments of this movie. She gets the bloody shower scene, which um uh, is not like Carrie. Different from Carrie. Is it a bloody shower scene or is it a bloody steam? She, yeah, keeps saying that, she keeps saying Parker that. She's says, like, I want to yeah. go take a steam, and it's a shower. I'm like, because she has, she says it a few times. Then Marcus says, oh, where's Shelly? Oh, she's taking a steam. I'm like, she's doing a what now? <laughs> is, is, <laughs> that, is, that, is that 80s TV for pooping? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a bidet in there. <laughs> <laughs> this bidet possessed. <laughs> yeah, she's not steaming. She's taking a shower, and the house is not happy with her. So... Yeah, the water turns to blood, and she has a freak out. Oh, dear God! too is after this happens we have like she's the last thing we see is her curled up in a ball in the shower unable to get out Mm because of course the door is not going to open but covered in blood and just screaming 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 cut to commercial and we come back and it's parker stevenson and lisa albacher sitting out on the lawn under an umbrella like well that was weird like nobody's just (laughs) she just took off i couldn't get her to stay i don't know what was up and and sheila 
Well, like, Sheila yeah. does not miss her at all. No, she doesn't. She doesn't, and rightly so. But at the same time, like, yeah, well, you know, it's Tanya. She, if I had a dollar every time I had her run screaming out of my house, butt naked, covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> I have more money than I had to. I have more money than I had to buy this house. They are non blue. <laughs> but what happened, to Tanya? It's like it's the story. The story keeps going. Tanya will be fine. She's a strong lady. Yeah. Is she a, we're calling her a hooker. Is she a hooker? I thought she calls herself a model in this movie. Okay, model in quotes. She dresses like she dresses. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That side pony. It's the mink. It's the little fur stole that makes that screams hooker to me. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah. can be. There are all kinds of models, honey. <laughs> she drives a nice car, though. Uh huh. I'm do sure well. lots of porn, pornographer stalls drove some nice cars too. But no, she's 1981. Not a hooker, I'm sorry. The the outfit, the attitude screamed Hollywood hooker. <laughs> but even if she is, is a hooker, sex positive. Good for her. Am I yeah. am I shaming her for that? I love no, it about her. We love her. <laughs> Own it. Yes. <laughs> the term sex worker didn't wor- exist at the time. <laughs> we I'm love a hooker Tanya. and I'm proud. That's right. This hoe possessed. <laughs> <laughs> She's got some of my favorite dialogues. The whole thing, like, and one of the things that makes me really question Parker Stevens, because I think Parker Stevenson is gaslighting her, poor Lisa, a lot. She's like, there's nothing going on. Look, Tanya and I had a good thing going for a while. When I would get really down, she was always able to make me laugh. I'm glad to have her as a friend. But that's as far as it goes. The rest is over. It's still your song. There's nothing going on. Oh, Lisa and I, what we had is over. I'm like, for someone that it's over with, you were making out with her at that piano a lot. <laughs> That's a very, it was a very cruel thing to do to have her stay and to, you know, to have poor Lisa Albacher in her room listening to the two of them gallivanting around the piano. No wonder that house was pissed. I was pissed. And the whole, the whole time he's like, he's supposed to be writing a song. And this, this is me being stupid. Do you remember on Sesame Street? It's a discontinued character. This was really early on. They had a piano player Muppet mm. who would always be trying to write nursery rhymes, but he'd get it wrong. He'd be like, twinkle, twinkle, little fish. Hope I don't see <laughs> you in a dish. No, that's not it. I'll never get it. Never, 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 never. <laughs> Parker Stevenson has three scenes with him banging his head on the piano. I'm like, it's that moment. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. The house, I think the house is keeping him from writing. But he's writing his song, but he's like, oh, do you like my song? He's like, yeah, I love it. He's like, Maybe it could be our song. Song sounded wonderful. Can you get me those pills? Maybe I'll be able to finish it. And then maybe it'll be my song. Our song. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's so sweet. And then he plays it for Tanya. <laughs> he plays it for Tanya. And Lisa Eilbacher has to listen to them canoodling to their song. Her song. Our song. Their song. It was our song. It was his song. But it's all over. Please, Mr. Please. <laughs> He does say the next day, that is still your song. Oh, Don't fuck worry. you. Fuck <laughs> you. You played me, played me like a song. When things went wrong, you played me like a song. Sometimes it seemed our love was slightly off Never got to be. Supposed to do when I was 
like a song. When things went wrong, you blame me like a song. When things went wrong, this is a breakup song, and it's our song? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're being gaslit, Lisa Eilbacher. What the fuck? But yeah, but, uh, uh, Tanya has one of my favorite exchanges here. Where she's popping her pills, swinging her head around, and she sits down next to him on the bench. She's like, Now, <laughs> why don't you remind me how good you play? I thought that's what I was doing. Oh, not the piano, baby. Not the piano. Not the piano, honey. Not the <laughs> piano. And then sticks your tongue down his throat, but they're not doing anything. They're not doing no, anything. No, of course not. Blood no, of course shower. Not. <laughs> blood shower Get to the blood shower. She also says earlier when she arrives, uh, Lisa Albacher, being kind to her, says, hey, I'll get you some towels and I'll bring them into this room. And she's like, oh, I'm not, ste- I'm not sleeping in this room, honey. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, Parker, so-, so I'm like, I don't know, Parker Stevenson. He's playing both sides. Yeah. He is. Uh, She's she getting gaslit. She's getting gaslit. And I don't like that. There was a point in this movie where I thought, that house is going to take Parker out because Parker is not being kind to her. But No, he play, I guess he played her like a song. That's what's going on there. <laughs> uh, Write that song. Write that song, Gary okay. Strayhorn. I need to talk about Madame Librarian. Madame Librarian Exposition. Please. All of this stuff is great. What, there's a scene where, oh, when Tanya shows up, at the house, and it's like, you know, uh, you guys probably got some catching up to do, so I'm just going to leave and go to the library. Poor thing. She goes to the library. The librarian's like, hi, can I help? And she's like, I want a book. <laughs> the librarian's like, a dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. That's why I'm, yeah. But no, it's a, the, the, the librarians, it's all the exposition. Oh, you're you know filling out the uh, library card. up. Oh, you're staying at Briarcliff. Oh, that house. Haven't seen you around before. Oh, that's because I've only been here a few days. Oh. Oh, Briarcliff. You live in that modern house. How'd you like it? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. I was out there once. It's uh, not exactly to my taste, but if you like that kind of stuff, it certainly wasn't what I expected. <laughs> How do you mean? Well, you know, there's stories. Years ago trouble out there people dying like that nothing more specific Mm-mm. i always meant to go look it up in the town newspaper maybe write something about it for the reader's digest hey if i find anything out about it i'd be happy to call you oh hey thanks i mean i kind of like to know about the history of the house well it's one of the few interesting things in this town nothing much happens around here i heard that how possessed yeah, she's the the other character besides the crazy Ralph character. You always need the character who who uh, knows a little bit about the history of the house and um, you know has to bring that information to our lead character or try so she, to she, or try to anyway tries to try to anyway. She's the sacrificial lamb, poor little librarian. But I got so excited. I got so excited because the librarian's like, "Well, I'm sure we have some stuff here in the files about the history of that house." And I'm going, "Microfiche, microfiche, microfiche." <laughs> Can we have I that love scene? a good microfiche scene. You know, good microfiche <laughs> yeah. montage. No. And had they gone to the microfiche, the rest of the movie would not have happened. Nobody else right. would. Nobody would have died. <laughs> They would have been able to leave. Everything would have been fine. But no, they didn't go to the microfiche. We had to trust paper. It's- Lisa Albacher would have found a picture of herself as a child in the microfiche and be like, oh, shit, we need to leave this place right now. Mm-hmm. It's not like Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder in Amityville Horror goes to the microfiche, and that's how she discovers everything. But we don't, 
We don't have any, you know, this is a small town, Rancho Santa Fe, may not have a microfiche machine. They haven't gotten a chance to, to put all the information on microfiche, so we don't get that scene. <laughs> I, I just need you to know, dear listener, that every time Dan says microfiche, he's doing little knob twisty things with his hands, and it's microfiche. making me very happy. Microfiche! <laughs> 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 you know, Mike. Microfiche. Hey, listen, I'm old enough to remember going to the library and looking up things on microfiche. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Good times. It's good time. <laughs> but we don't have it. We don't have it because we have to put this actress, Kay Kalin, who's the librarian, into a, a sticky predicament, um, which, which for me as a kid was one of the most shocking scenes of this movie. And, and I just loved it because it was, you know, well, should we get into it? How we she, should get how into she, it. We, we should get into it because you don't introduce Jurassic Park Gates in Act 1 yeah. of your movie if somebody ain't going to get crushed in them crushed in them That's in right. Act 3. That's right. And they don't they don't the gates don't open out, they come together. Yeah. So you know there's crushing potential there. Someone going to get pinched. That's right. <laughs> and not in a good way. Now on my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> So this librarian, she is so she is so studious and works so hard. She finds this information and then she wants to bring it to Lisa Albacher at like what midnight? It's- oh, I'm just yeah, it's a 24 hour library. <laughs> yes, she's so interested in this house. She wants to you know, she she says, oh, I I want to come up there and I want to see the house. I want to see the house again. I'm like, lady, you you probably live about a mile from this house. You could probably see it. You've probably seen it before. She want to get in it. She wants to see the oh, inside. Yeah. Everybody's seeing right. the outside. I want to see the inside. I want to see the inner workings because uh-huh. I know And by the way, she's also just interrupted them boning for the first time. Yes. <laughs> Lisa Albacher, apparently it wasn't that great. Lisa Albacher's like, yeah, come on over. And even Parker Stevens is like, now? It's like, yeah, she'll it's, only be here 20 minutes. It's, it's one in the morning. It's okay. She'll be dead soon. She'll ever make it to the front door. Oh, my God. But no, she has to get candy clocked. Oh. Amityville 3. Yeah. I've got the information yes. you need. Dead. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a good scene. And it, again, Parker Steele, uh, one of these things that happens a lot in this movie. <sighs> Parker and Lisa run out and are watching poor Kay getting crushed to death in her car by the gates. And Parker Stevens is like, ah, there's nothing I can do. Sorry. I <laughs> tried to turn off the power. We're going to stand here and watch. Because you could have pulled Kay Kalen out through the one of the windows, I think. You know, because you could have kicked out a windshield. Yeah, he's just not heroic enough. Like, uh, he just was like, my I hair, tried. My I hair, tried. My hair. <laughs> my hair could catch on fire. Yeah, it's one of those things oh, where it come could, on because car- you know he was using that dry look hairspray. Oh Lord! 
Yeah. The dry look, Aquanet. look, nobody knows. What, no, 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 no. Because this was the no. era they had just discovered that we can market hairspray to men if we don't call it hairspray. <laughs> you had the Vitalis pump. Oh, my Vitalis pump. Oh, oh girl. Oh, <laughs> I've had to use that. You know, sometimes you Ooh, just can't. <laughs> is that like a dirty Sanchez? What is that? A Vitalis pump? Oh. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're just not feeling it. You got you to gotta have a little inspiration. And there was so another pop- hairspray called the dry look for men. So you can get the oh dry God. look. Look. He had the dry look look. It was a helmet of De- hair. And it was Definitely. great. Later when it got wet, I'm like, you bald under there. Look how bald you are. The hair covering all your bald. I know that <laughs> was trick. Was he... No, when he stuck his hand under when he stuck his hand under the faucet, I went, "Oh, you bald, honey, you bald, honey." Mm. Mm-hmm. Still look good. Still look good. He looks good with wet hair, raggly red hair, trying I would, to save. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating Lisa Albacher crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she gets she gets crushed in the gate, Kate Kalin. And the thing that's so shocking is that the camera keeps cutting back to her screaming in oh, terror, and she's got a scream. She's got a great yes. scream. She's not yes. doing TV movies. Oh, oh, oh. No, she 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 doing your horror movie screaming. And then a yeah. car blow up. Yeah, the car a spark catches fire and blows up and we see that we see the charred remains of the gate the next day. Slim Pickens comes over. He's like, "What happened to your gate?" and and uh Gar- Gary's like, "I'll tell you later." <laughs> Did your barbecue? You have a problem with your barbecue? <laughs> But again, even though the police are investigating, everybody is super non plus Like, they're not, let's stay yeah. somewhere else tonight. Let's take the gates out. There's no media. Somebody just blew up mm-hmm. at the house of who is supposedly a pop star. Media should be right. all over this. They're not. Nobody cares. Like, yeah, it was just a librarian. She was just a, <laughs> she was just a day player. No big deal. She's an old spinster anyway, and there was no TikTok or Instagram or you know Facebook, so no one knew what was going on in Rancho Santa Fe. Out the wazoo! <laughs> Maybe you just should have rented. Had you not bought the house, you wouldn't have to worry about lawsuits because it's not your responsibility that, that, that your that's, gate malfunctioned and killed a librarian. Maybe that's coming, but like, sh- does she have any family? Do we have a sense that Kate? Oh, that, she's a librarian. You know, they're all spinsters. That's all. <laughs> her her cats will sue. <laughs> That's terrible. That's stereotyping. I'm sorry. I she know. probably is one of the sexy librarians. Du- librarian during the day, sexy, <sighs> sexy seductress. She at like night. Angel. She like Angel. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Thank you, you old person. <laughs> Angel one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's that was. I was sad. I was sad for the librarian. Yeah, she's just trying to help. Yeah. She's trying to help. The house isn't done killing people though. No, because we not. move on to Slim Pickens. Because Slim Pickens is, is like, okay, you, have, you two are fucking down. That means that you, you must be feeling better, which means you need to get your ass back on the road. We're going to Europe. Yeah, da, 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 da. And they're yeah. not just going to, he's not just taking Parker Stevenson to Europe. Parker Stevenson is like, hey, why don't you come with us, Lisa Albacher? And come as my wife. This is when he proposes, right? It goes in steps. Yeah. Well, she initially she has okay. to have her exposition dump first, where she reveals everything That's that right. we already revealed. She's like, "By the way, I lied to you about my family. I don't know anything about my family. I don't know anything about my past. Everything before the age of seven, I don't know." They weren't true. I guess I just said them so I'd fit in. There's no one who can fill things in for you. What about your parents? I don't even know who they are or were. They, um, these people found me wandering on a road near Whittington in a daze, they said. And anyway, the police uh, 
checked and they didn't find anything, so they put me in a foster home. It must be scary. Yeah, I have no idea. They found me wandering naked in the road. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the story, right? She was found wandering on the streets. She was left... Um, her parents, I guess, were dead. So so what? Are we supposed to intimate that she, her parents got killed by the house and then she as a child just wandered away from the house? Because like I got house- confused because I thought the nurse nanny, bread lady, took her from the house. The lady's like, I saved you and then just took off your clothes. <laughs> 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 I'm going to take this dress from my grandkids and I'm going to let you, okay, go. <laughs> Please station that way, honey. She didn't drop her off at like um, at like a government building or, or I mean she ended up we know she ended up in foster care but yeah I thought too maybe the nurse probably plucked her out saved her um, and then dropped her on the doorstep of some government office and then they, she ended up in foster care but no. apparently <laughs> yeah apparently not <laughs> just go wander the streets of Worthington or wherever or wherever she said she was found that's a lot to find out it's a that's a lot to find what what Sheila goes through in this movie is is a lot it is. But yes, because if you know she hunts down, she figures she's like the 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 rag lady knows something. And there's mm-hmm. something because Slim Pickens. Oh right, so we 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 got di- we got we digress. Um, Slim Pickens wants to take them away to go tour. So and he has to fix that mirror that got broken when Tanya went pissed off. The, the house is built of so many flexible textiles. <laughs> like there's so that many scenes of like make- walls and shit going wah 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 and mirrors yeah. going wah wah wah. So many flexible yeah. textiles. So thought so, such a great idea. Um, it's it's. The funny, the funny thing is that of all the things Gary has to worry about, he's worried about this mirror with a crack in it. He's like, listen, we need to take care of this mirror with a crack in it. Stat. Can you do something about that, Slim Pickens? And Slim Pickens is like, yeah, I know a glazier in town who could fix that. It's like suddenly the mirror becomes – it's like, the, you know, the other thing about this movie is that the setup for, the setup for a lot of the, the, uh, the set pieces is so random. It's like, let me just take this mirror and fix it for you. So we, that, uh, Yeah, we've only got an hour and a half, and we, got an, like, we yeah. have this great idea. We just got to get – in there as quickly as possible and let's just right. move it along their tv movie audiences no one will be watching this in 40 years exactly <laughs> Dissecting it. Little- it's gonna air once and it's gonna air again over the summer and then everybody's gonna forget about it well frankly this movie is like you can't get this movie anywhere else except watching it on youtube so mm-hmm. it hasn't gotten a lot of love over the years but um well it's probably the rights for those songs which is so expensive <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we want to release this on Blu-ray and stream it, but we can't get the rights to. We can't get the rights from (laughs) sensitive. You're not from something Goldenberg, whatever his name is. (laughs) Um, Gary Goldenberg, pop star. (laughs) Gary Goldenberg, love him. Yeah, why are you writing? Why are you writing pop songs? Yeah, Slim Pickens takes the mirror back to his house to get it fixed, and the mirror explodes, and a shard of glass pierces his heart, and Slim Pickens is gone. Slim Pickens gets legacy. <laughs> he gets legacy. He gets legacy. He get- yes, yes. Dan That's knows what this what movie I mean. reminds me of. <laughs> yeah. There's demon seed. There's burnt offerings. There's the legacy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I I said to Tar when watching, I'm like, this is probably a reaction to Demon Seed because it's the same basic concept that that is a computer running a house and the computer has fallen in love with the woman of the house and wants to get her pregnant, but this house didn't want to get her pregnant because it's ABC. Yeah, no, this is a TV movie, so we have to keep it very PC. We have to keep it very PG. Mm-hmm. The house just wants to love her and keep her for itself forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So eventually, she leaves a note for. She goes to the shack of the old lady and leaves her a note like, "Dear homeless lady, please come to my house and dump a whole lot of exposition and possibly die." And <laughs> Joe Bennett shows up at the house, 
to dump all this exposition. I'm going, and again, I'm going, Lisa Albarger, had you just gone to the microfiche? This is another person whose dump did not need to happen. You didn't have that to come damn to the house to dump this shit. You could have gone to a coffee shop somewhere. You could have gone to, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what was around this. You could have gone to Friendly's. You had a fribble, had a fisherman jig, talked to out. <laughs> Meet her at the library. Meet her in front of the library. But t- too soon. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> I love it that Joan Bennett, who's throughout this movie, is seems terrified of the house, seems terrified of, of the history of the house, doesn't want to talk about it. And then she arrives at the house and she picks in and she goes, this looks okay. Nothing could happen here. There's a pool there. There's there's glass there's there's glass everywhere. I should be fine, right? Yeah, Lisa Abak is like, would you like to come in? She's like, sure. I'm like, what are you doing? Sure. Go outside, talk on the lawn. <laughs> the worst thing that's gonna happen out there, you're gonna get squared by a hose. On your satin shorts are gonna get ruined. <laughs> <laughs> that makeup is gonna run. You're gonna run all that makeup. It's already running. <laughs> <laughs> Lipstick yeah, all the way up her cheeks and shit. <laughs> oh, she has another really sort of intense death scene. That used to that I remember getting me as a kid, just this, like ugh. one of the many things about this house is that it's also solar powered. And this movie, oh, yes. I think, set the solar power green movement back thirty years because solar power <laughs> kills. Why do you have a pool that has a temperature gauge that goes up to boiling? That does not make sense. Two hundred and ten degrees. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah she's, she she's gets, dumping all her yeah. exposition. The solar powers. Which light up when they're on, <laughs> like solar mm-hmm. powers do. Uh, come, wakes up and starts boiling the pool, and nobody notices. <laughs> and how does she end up in the pool? A big wind, wind comes through the room and knocks her into the pool. And you know, like that's probably not Joan Bennett in the actual pool, but whoever is in that, like they shoot it from below the water so that her face hits the water and it's all contorted. And again, like Kate Kalin, you just feel so. You just feel so bad for her. And we don't, the, the thing the movie doesn't do, I guess, because it's TV, is we don't see like, we don't see like Halloween 2. No, fa- no, no, no. Come on. Face come burn on, makeup. No. There were children watching. This was prime time. You couldn't do that back then. No. Exactly. It was, an, it was enough. You had an old lady in the water. Oh, gosh. And it's not even boiling. It's just foggy. <laughs> it's just yes. fog on the water. But, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, the, only way we know it's right, boiling the house is from can the... make wind, which it does later on, but it makes sense. This one, like, mm-hmm. a gust of wind strong enough to knock an old lady. She was very frail. She had bird bones. <laughs> <laughs> She's it all caught, rags. It got caught in all those rags, and the rags carried her up like a kite and dropped her in the pool, and she died. And again, Poor Lisa Albacher, who's a nurse, does nothing. <laughs> does nothing. nothing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she'll get scalded, too, if she jumps into the pool, but she just stands there. Of course, literally, if you've got a pool, you've got the hook nearby, or you've got the net. You could have used those yeah. nets on a, on, a, on a pole. You could have grabbed one of those, but she just stands there and uh, paints. Well, this is, the, this, is what, this is the impetus for the great denouement of this movie, right, where they try to get out. From this, mo- excuse me, from this moment on, it's like the, the race to get out of the house and the house putting obstacles in their, in their place, her and her and Gary. Yeah. So yeah, all these things the, that got, this, again, all these things that got set up in the first reel when the real estate agent was like, okay, this is, this is the computer center. It's the heart of the house. <laughs> and there's, there's cameras that watch everything and you could see every room and all these buttons you could turn on every light in the house and you can lock every door and window in the house too, just from mm-hmm. here. And by the way, these windows are all shatterproof glass because it gets windy up here. She drops all the breadcrumbs in that scene that come that come to roost at the end of the movie because they try like hell to get out of this house, Honey, and that house is not having it. Did you catch this? Yes. There's what? a scene where Parker Stevenson is trying to break the window. Go back and watch it again. He's got a crowbar. He swings it at the window, 
and the crowbar actually goes through where the glass would be if there was glass in that window. <laughs> and he's like, I it did won't not break. notice. <laughs> I did not notice that. It's just like the sliding doors in the Brady Bunch and Jan's glasses. There ain't no glass in them. Wow. Movie trickery. You mean the movie lied? The movie <laughs> lied. <laughs> it was probably the end of the fifth week. They were like, we need to get out of here. We're Again, done with this. It's like three seconds. We'll show it once now. Again, mm-hmm. it reruns over the summer and no one will ever see it again. No one will ever be talking about it on a show on the internet, whatever that is someday. Nobody will be dissecting this ever. It'll be fun. 40 years later. It just had its 40th uh, anniversary this past February. Mm-hmm. So Sure did. Sure did. But oh, I love this movie. It, it, was out for, it was out for Valentine's Day. Yeah. So the house yeah. won't let them leave. And then it's, it's I don't know, the house apparently decides, like, well, if you're going to take her, I'd rather... She's dead. Then with you. <laughs> I think it's trying to kill him. And with her, well. She said, I think it's decided that it would rather kill me than let me leave. It's the house. It's alive. It's doing this. I know what he did to my parents. And it's not going to let me go. It would kill me before it would let me go. <laughs> this is where, this is where though, Sheila lets me down in this, in, the, in this part of the movie. Because she just becomes like a wet blanket. And he has to drag her around. And I'm like, come with a on, wet blanket. Sheila. She, wet, yeah, with, literally. with an actual wet blanket. Because the house is she's on fire. She's a wet blanket with a wet blanket over her, trying to get out of the house. And she's no help. She's like just limp. And he has to drag her. And I'm like, Sheila, come on. Come on. Aren't you watching the slashers of this period? The final girl always like rouses and fights. Do they though? This is early. This is Maybe. early. The, the, like up until like Chris and Friday the 13th part three, girls didn't fight back until they were absolutely cornered. They ran and they hid and they had to be rescued by a guy. That's true. And they stumbled a lot. That is true. Uh-huh. Yeah, but she can't yeah. do nothing. And the house like, oh, no, oh, I turned on the air conditioning, and now we're cold. Oh, I turned on the heat, and now we're hot. <laughs> and there's so much wind. We're going to die in here. That house is fucking with you. I can understand the air conditioning and the heat, but the wind? How does the house produce wind? How does that happen? Well, because it's turned, the up, the fans? Fa- it's turned up the fans. And okay. it can clean. It turned up the vacuums in the wall, whatever the cleaning system. Like, and that's really all it does. It won't let them out. It's locked the doors. You can't break the windows. Yeah. And it's changing the temperatures. And that's going to kill them somehow. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't get that far because Parker Stevenson's like, I'm going to burn the door down in yeah. the laundry room. And I didn't know what he was doing for a long time because it goes in the laundry room. And a long time, he's just like pull, moving clothes around. I'm like, is this fucker going to do a load of laundry right now? <laughs> you have bigger fish to fry now, Gary. No, I can't leave the house without my green deep V. <laughs> pantsuit which is in the laundry and i can't be seen in a dirty green v deep v pantsuit because the paparazzi might be out there looking for dead librarians and dead librarians dead managers they see my house is on fire they're gonna come to rancho santa fe and be outside and and they can get through the gate because the gate is burned down no one fixed the oh, gate oh but no the gate is not burned down because they can't get out of the gate either oh, which shit. is all of a sudden yeah, fixed right. again and then he got hosed you're literally he gets hosed another phallic big long cord comes out and and attacks somebody so i think this house is male this house is definitely male well we uh, yeah it's definitely male it's not a lesbian house (laughs) in love with sheila if we remade it now it'd be a lesbian house (laughs) (laughs) that would be the sequel this house possessed again or two like you said this lesbian house But Lisa Heilbacher has a has a standoff monologue with the house. Damn you! Damn you! Damn you! Why are you doing it? Why are you doing this to me? 
He never did anything to you. It's me you want. I was happy here. But it can't be the same. It could never be the same. Oh, please. I need to be with him. I can't stay. If you love me, you'd let him go. You'd let me go. If you love me, you will let him go and let us go because we're in love and we want to. Yeah, I got so mad at her for that. I, everything's great. I'm just like, what do you want? I hate you. <laughs> if you love me, let him go. <laughs> let him Take go. Me. Let me go. Yeah. Then follow up. And I, I love him. And him. if you want me to be happy, it makes me happy. You don't make me happy. You don't make me happy. I don't like you anymore, house. You tricked me into coming here. You tried to hurt us. You killed everybody that I sort of liked or got to know or knew you for 10 seconds. You didn't kill that bitch, Tanya. <laughs> I like these other two dead bitches. <laughs> That's right. You didn't kill the one person I wanted you to kill. Thank you. Yeah. But, you know, you have to have that that sort of um, showdown moment between her and the house. Um which I like. I like the way it's shot. There's like a, it's a low shot looking up at her and you see the flames reflected in her eyes and she's wet and she's crying and Lisa Albacher really sells it. And as much as I'm making fun of the words coming out yeah. of her mouth, her performance of this is great. She is selling yeah. all of this. And what I love about her, I, I spotted this through the movie. I'm like, Lisa Albacher is not doing the TV movie thing where I'm going to have a little bit of glycerin under my eyes when I'm supposed to cry. Lisa Albacher's got these big, beautiful almond eyes, and you just see them well up several times. Get it, girl. That's my girl. Get That's it. Girl. Yeah, she's great. She's she, great in this. Yeah. And, um, you know, she comes in at the end and saves her man and saves herself. So good for her. Yeah, now they're she, off I, to Europe to find out that touring life sucks and this like, relationship is never going to work anyway. She'll find happiness with a lesbian house somewhere else. That's this house <laughs> possessed. The end. And he's, and he's got to try to sell this house after get rid of this house. He's like, you're, uh, he's just going to have to, he's just going to have to take the, take the hit. You know, he paid how, however much he paid for it. No one's going to want that. Well, it's going to be burned down. It's, <laughs> it's charred remains. Just try to sell that land. Just get rid of the land. Yeah. Well, who knows? It might be yeah, all that, all that, all those fancy things. The house can clean itself. It's got mm-hmm. cameras. It can control the temperature. It can got plus. They don't have a sprinkler system. <laughs> it can turn on the hose and spray some randy teenagers, but it can't turn on that hose to put its own fire out. No, it can't. No. Oh no! What am I on fire? What am I gonna do? <laughs> I made of flexible materials that can bust out of myself anytime I want. But oh, damn it! You outsmarted me, Frank Hardy. God damn you. <laughs> God damn you. It's and they a really live happily ever house. after until they get divorced. Oh God, poor things. Poor yeah. things. I want to think I want to think that they're going to be happy together. They carry this trauma through the rest of their lives. They're going to be in some therapy, but I think they stick it out. He writes I'm a pop song them. about the house. Yes. <laughs> Sensitive that house. Either that or it's going to be like the worst <laughs> stumbling block to the relationship cuz I could just see, like, 20 years down the road, Lisa Albacher being like, you know, the house wouldn't have forgotten our anniversary. <laughs> the house would have bought me flowers. That house, that house killed people for me. What are you going to do? That house wouldn't have been coming home at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> exactly, with, with groupies. No yeah. Mm-hmm. That house doesn't have groupies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That house should have groupies. 
Maybe, hey, maybe this is what happened. This is what they should have done. The song that he writes about this experience is called This House Possessed. So that at the end of the movie, we cut to the tour and he's like, thank you for coming, everybody. Before we, I want to sing you my last song. This is a song that, you know, for Sheila, This House Possessed. And then we, and then the the title means something. How about that? Uh huh. Uh -huh. (laughs) There's a a missed moment. Everybody die because of you, Sheila. Yeah. Everything was your damn fault. You, you made were the once house love you too much. Right? And it's like it's like in those movies where you're like, what does the title of that movie mean? And then it, and then someone writes a book and they call it the title of the movie or something. Um, that's what they should have done. This house possessed. <laughs> anyway, we're making fun of it, but I love this. The windows were unbreakable. <laughs> you never have to dust it. The pool cleans itself. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yes, yeah, so this was one of the last gasps of the made-for-TV horror movies. They all kind of went mm. downhill after this. Was- yeah, we got, into, we got into TV miniseries, I feel like, after this. But there were some gems. Like, the, this is a gem, like I said, my favorite of all time. There's also a movie called The Babysitter with Stephanie Zimbalist that I love. And Don't go Patty to sleep. Duke, yeah. And Patty Duke and William Shatner. We should do that one, baby. The yeah. Babysitter. That's uh-huh. a fun one. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a few. But I mean, when they were coming out, like, every month like in the 70s and were really tacky, yeah. th- that era had gone. And he, the really last gasp, as far as I'm concerned, was Don't Go to Sleep. Oh 1985, yeah, 1985, which is Valerie Harper, mean, mean movie. Oh, 1983, 1983, 1983. All her children, all her children, one by one, get murdered. Right? Oh, <laughs> He's oh, not the oh, one with oh. it. <laughs> um, yeah, but this was in a sweet spot. I want to say the reason I love this movie is because I was a huge fan of The Shining around this time, mm. and so anything with haunted houses. But I was also a fan of slashers, and this had a slasher element. So. I just feel like that's why I was drawn to this because it had, it had sort of elements of both of those things that I was steeped in at this time. You know, I was a young horror fan and didn't have access, wasn't being taken to movies because I was still young and didn't have a VCR yet. Well, so right, right. Well, these these movies were gateways for for all of us kids. At that absolutely, they were events. Mm-hmm. Like it, this doesn't happen anymore because it's just like back in the day there were three channels, five channels. I usually talk about this all the time, but when something big happened on TV. Everybody watched it. It was like a global community event. event. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would be talking. Everybody would be talking. It wasn't like some people watched this and some people watched this and everybody was in their own little circles. Literally, everybody that you knew was all tuned into Mm -hmm. the same thing at the same time. So you had this, this, this communal thing happen and it doesn't happen anymore. Not not anymore. There's too there's too ma- there's too many things to watch now. Like one day you're talking about Midnight Mass, the next day you're talking about you know the the next TV show. So right. nothing and, has any and time we to won't stick. Remember what everybody was talking about last exactly. week because there's so much new shit. It was different. Exactly, exactly. And this was like water cooler. Like I remember talking about. I don't do I remember. To, I think I remember like the blood shower scene and the gate killing scene. Water cooler. This- <laughs> when Dan was nine years <laughs> yeah. old and working in an office as a secretary. <laughs> go into the office and be <laughs> yeah did you watch that movie last night with the blood shower that's that was incredible that was me at nine yeah water cooler at the at in in, in grammar school Dominguez associates please hold oh my god did you see the part where the hooker came by <laughs> i said <But> please I- <laughs> hold <laughs> 
But I was the kid who would go to school the next day and be like, did you see that movie last night where the woman, I mean, but, and I would be like, Yo, no, loser. I remember, I, I remember that everybody would be talking about it so much that classes would stop and the teacher would all have to talk about the movie. Like, like a half yeah. of the class would be talking about what happened on TV last night. And that would never mm-hmm. happen now. Never happen now. But it was no, a communal no, event. No. A community event. It brought us all together. Yeah. And now it rips us apart. <laughs> You haven't watched the new season of such and such. What is wrong with you? Oh, well, we saw it, but now you can see it whenever you want. You weren't committed to this time because it would be on once and it would never be on again. Exactly. Get one and then, chance. Like, and then TBS started running this movie over and over during the Halloween season, I remember. I, so I would see it later on on TBS or TNT, one of those cable channels. They loved this movie, but uh-huh. not, it was not cheap. enough to like. It was cheap. Yeah, we could show that. We don't have to buy the rights to that music because... <laughs> Girl, please. Girl. Who was she kidding? Who did she think yeah. she was? <laughs> hey, it ain't no just do Ron Ron. No. No. No one's going to be hunting us down for, for, for residuals or, or for money for, you know, sensitive. You're not. <laughs> I'll probably cut this out, but I have to ask this. Y- uh-huh. Did you grow up in New York? I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. Magic so, Garden, yeah, sort of. Magic Garden, yeah. There was a scene in this where he's practicing on the piano before he's like, "Never, never, I'll never get it, never." But it's coming back from the commercial, and they show that pebble gate, and the camera's pushing in, and the gate swings mm-hmm. open. I watched the movie three times. Every time I do that, I'm like, as soon as the gate swings open, I go, "This is the Garden of Make Believe, the magical <laughs> Garden of Make Believe, where flowers chuckle <laughs> yeah. play tricks, and the magic tree grows, lollipops." <laughs> Like, where's Carolyn where Paula? Where Carolyn Paula? Sitting, sitting in the swing, right hanging from the tree. Is that where they we would find Until them? Until some house squirts oh. Get those dirty hippies off those swings. <laughs> <laughs> she also had a, didn't she also have like ponytails? Not ponytails, but. Yeah, Car- yeah. Carol had the long, po- uh, no, Paula had the long ponytails. Carol was the one that was in Greece. Was the original Sanding, was the original Sandy okay. Greece. Not yeah. in. Not in the country Greece, but in the play. In she the was musical. the first person to ever <laughs> live in Greece, ever. It was her and Medusa just hanging out talking about guys. Look, I hate Karen him. Papa, because Karen I turned him into stone. They turned. She turned him into stone so they could talk about him. Remember him? He sucked. <laughs> Can we put that in a kids show? Probably not. No, but that is to say that there are moments in this movie where it sort of belies its budget and its TV movie. It actually is a. I mean, the print on YouTube is not great, but you can tell that that it's it's actually very well shot, and there are those moments, those tracking through the house moments yeah. that yeah, I yeah, liked. Yeah. And a lot of it is that location. That house is oh, as yeah. weird as it is. It's, a, it's a visually interesting. Like it, if this was on a set, yeah, you know, a soundstage it would never. Like you could tell every now and then they're on a soundstage. Like when they go to Lisa's bedroom, like that's a soundstage. That's not the same that's, house. Yeah. The furniture doesn't yeah. go with anything else in the house. That's a soundstage. The laundry room, that's a soundstage. But the house itself, I'm going. There's always something interesting to look at, and the way the camera moves mm-hmm. through it is very interesting. And it's a character, like the house in The Shining. The director and the writers have made this uh, that this house a, a character in the movie. It so, just um, wants to be loved. Is that so wrong? <laughs> is that so wrong? Uh, and there, but there is also that. There's like the the emotional aspect of this house just wanting to be reunited with its long lost love, like this little girl that it helped raise, maybe, and that yeah. it misses. It misses that love. So there is a little bit of a sadness. Look, I kept all your headshots. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. They're all on the TV screens. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Like, headshots to the ages and none of them are seven. I'm like, okay, I don't know what happened. But yeah, they're not photos house- of her as a kid. They're actual headshots. Of Lisa <laughs> headshots. Al-Bacher. Lisa Albacher's headshots. Yeah, from when her and her sister, her and her sister were going on auditions. Oh, working um, it, working it, working it. So it's got like a mother aspect, but it's also got a, a sort of creepy father aspect where it's a it may be attra- attracted to her. So there's a lot going on it's with a, it's this a possessive house. Father, you're not good enough for my little girl. What are your no. intentions for my moth, Margaret? Exactly. He's like the house is like I needed you to get her here, but now that she's here, you may leave now. You're, you're dismissed. And by the way, your songs are pedantic. <laughs> you know why I gave you that breakdown, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to inspire you to write some better music, Parker Stevenson. Thank you. I clearly <laughs> that fail. Get the hose. <laughs> Get the hose. Speaking of hose, Dan, where can people find out more about you? Know, what's going on? What are any fun projects you've got coming up? Yeah, I'm starting rehearsal on Tuesday for an off-Broadway show. It's called A Sherlock Carol. Go to asherlockcarol.com to buy tickets. It'll be running all throughout the holiday season. Um, you can hear me on my podcast. It's called Hot Date with Dan and Vicky. My friend Vicky Aguero and I talk about movies. And then I'm, all, I'm on all the, the Insta, Facebook, Twitter, just, uh, yeah, Dan Dom 13 or Dan Dominguez. Just look me up. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm never on them, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> What a hard sell. Please tell please tell me the beast sequel called A Sherlock Carol Channing. Just get more. Just, <laughs> just keep adding to it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna bring it to the I'm gonna bring it to the team and say, listen, if this is a success, next holiday next season time. we're doing a Sherlock Carol Canning. Carol Channing, sorry. Carol, Carol Channing. Canning. Carol Canning. Carol Canning. What who the fuck is that? <laughs> She's got nice tuna. That was disgusting. All right, thank oh. you, Dan. This was fabulous. Little walk down memory lane. I love this movie. I know you do. And I love you, mm. Dan. I oh. know you're going to be hearing this in November, folks. But, Dan, mm-hmm. happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Patrick. Thank you for having me back on the show. Uh, happy spooky season to everybody. Well, it's past, but. Are you happy, done? Happy, Are you done? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm and done. We're done. <laughs> Once again, Dan Dominguez for coming on the show and classing this shit up again. Again, making me raise my bar. <laughs> Giggity. If you like Dan, please check him out on Hot Date, the Hot Date podcast. It's a good, classy time. It's much classier than this shit that we do here. But hey, it's Dan. He's got dimples. You love him here? You love him over there even more. I don't have anything else for you right now because there's no news to report because I'm recording this in advance and I don't see the future. So just assume that I spend too much time at the pool and I'm sunburnt and probably hungover, but having a fabulous time. I want to say thank you to my friends over at Squadcast FM. Squadcast provides remote recordings for professional podcasters. This uh, session with Dan was recorded with Squadcast and it is crystal clear and sounds extra fabulous. You know why? Because now if you use Squadcast, they offer Dolby Mastering on your recordings so you can get like theater quality sound for your podcast don't settle for skype don't settle for zoom get dolby man in this world where everybody and their sister has their own stupid podcast you gotta stand out so you might as well stand out with exceptional sound you can get it at squadcast plus you can get a sample of that super duper sound seven day free trial by going to www.screamqueens.com slash squadcast
I win, you win, we all win. So before we go, I would just like to say, if this is your first time at the show, I sincerely hope that you had a fabulous time. And if you did, why don't you hit subscribe or follow on whatever app you're using to listen to right now. It's totally free. And you'll always get a notification when there's a brand new episode of Scream Queens out there to tickle you in your ear hole. And if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can leave me a voicemail that I will play right here on the air by going to www.screamqueens.com slash voicemail or go to the ScreamQueens.com page and hit that big blood red tab on the right-hand side of the page. Read me to filth in 60 seconds or less. I dare you. Or if you're old-fashioned, you can just use social media, where you can find me on Facebook, under Scream Queens, where horror gets gay, or www.facebook.com slash Scream Queens. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Pfft, the hell with Twitter, but I'm on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to become a patron and unlock premium content that's exclusive for patrons, man, I've got three podcasts over there right now that are their own beings, the final reel, where I talk about blockbuster new releases and what I've been watching that I'm not going to be talking about on the regular show anytime soon. There's Damn You, Uncle Lewis, or Friday the 13th, the TV series retrospective featuring my wicked job keeps and cohorts in crime, Trey Dean and Maya Murphy, and premiering in December, It Came From The 70s! What you got a little taste of today, where we're talking about the made-for-TV movies of the 1970s. You got a little taste of it today, even though this movie came from the 80s, but you know what I mean. I think that's all I've got for you today, so I wish you farewell, my beautiful screamers. And for those of you in the States, I wish you the very happiest and the healthiest of Thanksgivings. And for everybody else there abroad, you're awesome. I love you too. Squish, squish, squish. I can't wait to hang out with you again real soon on the show. But until we meet again, my beautiful screamers, please do not forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. It gets more and more true every day. And hey, you old timers, say it along with me. Teach the young ones. Here we go. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Wear a fucking mask. Wash your fucking hands. Keep your fucking distance. Get the fucking shot if you can. And don't forget for a second that I love you. Mwah. Gobble, gobble that turkey, baby. See you in December. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.